Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York City and Seattle musician, MC, singer, drummer, and producer, Casa Overall. We talked on January 5th, 2022 about quite a bit, like his latest 2021 CD, I'm a King, COVID Life in America, and his world of melding avant-garde experimentation with hip-hop production techniques to tilt the nexus of jazz and hip-hop in unmapped directions. He was raised in Seattle and attended the Garfield High School, the alma mater of Quincy Jones and Jimi Hendrix. He has been working at the forefront of jazz for two decades, touring and recording as a sideman drummer with artists like Jerry Allen, Vijay Iyer, Carmen Lundy, and the great Gary Bards. In 2021, the Jazz Journalist Association named him Electronic Specialist of the Year. He's got great stories and insights. Dig it. Cool. Hey, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. I love what you're doing, man. I love this idea of the electronica aspect with the jazz. There's just such an evolutionary path that I think you're carving in the world of music. Appreciate it, man. First and foremost, you know, I'm, I'm going to address kind of the elephant in the world room right now, which is COVID. I Am King came out in 2021. Talk to me a little bit about how you've been doing with releasing material during this time and just kind of the general flow of your life in COVID times. It's been a roller coaster ride as far as like plans of action. You know what I mean? As far as like the way you navigate being a professional anything during this period of time you know and so back in march of 2020 you know when things first changed it was like i think we all felt like okay this is it it's time we've been preparing our whole life for this now we you know we learned how to practice four hours at a time and we learned how to lock ourselves in a back room and work on music or whatever you know and so it was like a it was almost like an opportunity, like a challenge, like games on. But then I think as time went on, you know, we started to experience different types of life. You know, I had different quality of life experiences that I had never had as an adult, you know, as far as like being in the same city for a long period of time and, you know, having dinner at the same time and, you know, certain kind of normal type of life things and, I think that uh, at this point, what I've been trying to do is to cut through the noise and to cut through the, the treadmill aspect of creating, you know, because if you're looking at uh, social media and the news every day, you feel like what you have to do in order to keep up is to post something every day and have a new thing dropping every day and you know, everybody, the professionals will even tell you, you know, the marketing professionals will tell you, you got to post three times a day if you want to cut through the algorithm. And da -da -da. I think that uh, at this point, I'm trying to fight that impulse to try to make sure that I can stay up with that kind of flow and to, to take this time to make something that will stand the test of time. Because I think when this, when life changes again and gets back to some more normal type of lifestyle, I think the things that 
the things that last will be the things that were carefully thought out, you know. And so um, I'm just trying to slow down a little bit and make the best thing that I can make and not get too caught up in the daily popularity contest. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, you know, during this time of self-reflection and changing your lifestyle, did you discover or figure something out about yourself that maybe you didn't realize before that's going to make you stronger as we reemerge and get back out into the world? Huh. I'm sure, but it's also like this all this whole this whole time it feels a little bit like a a, a bit of a haze, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I just know that the way I'm feeling today that it's different, you know. <laughs> but to tell you the exact thing, it's like it's interesting, you know. Like I'm, um, I'm, I'm originally from Seattle, and I uh, came back to Seattle back in 2020, and then I went back to New York for I was in back in New York for a little under a year, and then I just came back to Seattle. So I'm back here again. Uh, this is kind of where I where we go to regroup and and kind of, you know, slow down and do some work. So I'm currently, like, what I'm doing today is I'm setting up a studio space, and I'm setting up my drums, and I'm setting up my monitors and my mics and my synths and everything, and I'm just, I have this feeling of, because uh, I know what this is now, you know what I mean? Like, it's not kind of, this isn't a new thing, like, we're really, We've, we've been inside this for a little while, so I'm almost excited because I know that, like, if I can really tap in and get that, like, daily regiment type of creativity going, you know, I could really grow, you know. So I think that uh, the first experience of this kind of lifestyle was a lot harder than I thought it would be and, and maybe less productive at times than I thought it would be. But now I'm kind of going, like, you know, it's actually not, it's not a race, you know what I mean? And I'm just trying to maintain the rhythm, you know. I think that uh, a lot of the wisdom that I obtained through practicing the drums and studying all the music of the elders and stuff, it's like just maintain your rhythm and your your, your cycles, and that's the way to break through the angular uncertainty of of the times is to maintain your daily routine whether that's hourly you know daily monthly yearly whatever you can create your own universal experience uh, so i'm trying to really lock that in and watch out for anything that may try to throw that off course you know yeah you know when i think about all of the idioms of music and the different factions out there I think when when COVID happened, and even up to right now, jazz musicians are constantly thrown into the unknown, and you're supposed to make it look good. And that's almost like the way life is right now. We're thrown into this big abyss of the unknown, and we're supposed to do the best we can with it. Do you ever think about how the world of making improvised music is mimicking what our reality is right now? I do think about that. I was just thinking about that probably yesterday, you know, and I think that... um a lot of the experiences that, and it's not just, you know, it's not just improvisers, jazz musicians, or, you know, I think it's the, 
it's the journey of the discovery, you know, like the journey of the person that's like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but the person that's like doing something for no logical reason, you know, it's not like we picked up these instruments and said, okay, boom, I'm going to do this, and that's going to get me this, and that's going to get me that. You know, it's kind of this uh, mysterious quest filled with uncertainty, you know what I mean? And I think there are a lot of paths in life that contain that kind of aspect to it, you know. But I think that there is also another path of certainty and safety. We have all taken advantage of that at times, but I think some people have been more like since fifth grade on have been making those decisions of like certainty. A lot of people got pretty far in that approach, but now they're, I think they're forced into the, the realm of the mystery. You know what I mean? It, I think that that's just, I think that's just part of life. You know, I think that no matter, you know, it might take a long time. It might, you know, who knows when it happens, but we all have these life, life shattering moments. And I don't mean shattering in the sense of, negativity but just you know in the sense of like a rock splashing into a lake you know it's like in a sense those are the best moments of our lives are the most memorable ones are the, are the moments that your life changes and so I think that everybody is you know may I don't know why it's happening man I really don't you know like I don't know why but maybe it's like this is this is what you know the human collective consciousness needs in this moment like people are forced to reckon with whatever it is they need to deal with and i'm sure that everybody's dealing with their own stuff you know i know i am i know i have various you know mirrors to look at you know these days and it's like wow man like you know i've been on this earth for a while but it still feels like crossroads all the time you know so i'm grateful you know, it's difficult, but I'm also grateful to be alive in this moment of humanity. You know, I hope that I hope that we get through it, or I hope that, you know, I hope for brighter days, you know, but I also am going to be like, you know, I was there, you know, and uh, I'm going to be some, hopefully I'll be some old, old fogey that'll be like, well... <laughs> Y'all don't yeah. know this, but back in 2020, <laughs> <laughs> right? Totally right. You know? Like the old war heroes that climb exactly. up a tool and dispense the wisdom. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think about that too. You know, you, we always heard about these generations that had all of these trying things that have gone through. And sometimes it's been episodic. It's been, you know, Europe or it's the United States or it's Africa or it's Russia or, or China. But, man, this is everyone. No one is spared in this whole thing. Now, it may vary in intensity, mm -hmm. but that's the yeah. thing that's unique about this. This is a truly a global march we're all in right now. Yes, indeed. It's true. Um, so speaking of global, originally you're from Seattle, and I'm always interested with artists and musicians. How did you get the bug? How did this all begin for you where you said, you know what, this is this is what I want to do with my life? Well, I mean, and this will actually, this will be a nice way to tie in the last thing with this thing, and, and uh, it was the family. 
it was the family structure that I came up under, you know. And I think that one of the things that this time has also brought to light is the family, your community, your people or whatever has become, it's, it's very important, you know, and um, it shined a light on how disconnected from each other we can become and also how important it can be, you know. And uh, life, man, like when I was a baby, there was a drum set in my house. That, uh, my parents got my brother, my older brother, who was four years older than me, and my parents were both hobbyist musicians, you know, my dad kind of an avant-garde saxophonist, pianist, my mom kind of a folk, you know, 60s guitarist type, but she studied ethnomusicology as well. So I, I just came up, the living room was a playground of musical instruments, and I took to it right away, you know what I mean? Um, and not only that, but my parents were extremely supportive as well. You know, it's not only that there was instruments around, but they were like, there is something more important than a big house, you know, because they they both could have been a lot more, they could have been a lot better off if they decided to just focus on capital gains, you know what I mean? They instilled in me, something that was much more valuable and uh it's hard to put my finger on what that thing is but when you're playing a drum set or when you're playing your instrument or you're playing with some people and you feel that feeling in your chest and it's like it's more real than reality you know that kind of affirms what they were trying to lay on me you know and so i think i, I had those kind of feelings at a very young age they have those those feelings also have kind of, they've brought me across bridges of time, you know, where I might not be able to access that feeling or I might lose faith for a moment, but you can't forget those feelings that you've had. And so you kind of keep, you know, keep seeking those feelings. So what was the first live jazz show you saw that really blew your mind? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't remember, but I will say that Elvin Jones. <laughs> uh, I saw Elvin Jones at the Jazz Alley. I believe the first time I saw him was at the Jazz Alley in Seattle. The Jazz Alley in Seattle, before the Triple Door existed, was like the spot where the, the, the heavy hitters would come through. And Elvin Jones came through every year. Elvin Jones Jazz Machine with a bunch of young musicians in his band. I can't re even remember, like, the first time I saw him at the Jazz Alley, but I just remember the feeling of hearing him play those drums in the room where you could actually feel the, the, the vibrations in your body, and it was so, it was almost like, the way I would put it, it was almost like the highest form of intellectual communication I had ever like experience it was almost like i was comprehending some extremely deep philosopher and i was comprehending what he was saying and it was like as a child to take that in and then go home and play the drums and start to emulate you know it changed my whole idea of what intelligence was 
So you're a you know, musician, MC, producer. How do all these come together for you? I mean, I mean, in, in, in a lot of senses, you're, you're like a quintessential artist. How do all of these ids work to make you who you are? Well, I, I think that, uh, I think my answer to this question will probably change every, every evolution of, you know, my experience. But I think currently the way I look at it is that these different, uh, hats that we wear are, um, they're very new in a sense of, of art in the sense of music and art like in another realm or in another time I guess they might not be different things you know and so um, for me you know the the time that I spent the most has been on the drum set um, I spent a lot of hours on the laptop and on the beat machines as well but but a lot, of, a lot of that time is very rhythmic based and an extension of the drum set as well, right? So at the end of the day, I'm coming at it from the perspective of a drummer and not only, not just a drummer, but a certain kind of drummer, you know, which is coming to the, to the drums and coming to the rhythm via a melodic and harmonic state of mind you know so all of my favorite drummers play music they play the drums in terms of the music and of the melody and harmony so it's actually a holistic just playing the drum set itself is already kind of this uh multi thought process you know so I just think of it all as extension, you know, like you have the drummer that's playing the drum beat, you have the drummer that's the lead drummer that's playing the the melody, so to speak, or the the words, you know, and you have all these different elements to the, the drum orchestra and there are all, there are modern day connections to olden versions. So it's just it's just trying to keep something old alive and re re package recreate something that has long existed you know right on you know there's been a lot of musicians that you played with over the years it's, you know gary bartz bj Iyer, um jerry allen there's a lot of names and i'm curious what what did you get from being around musicians like that that has helped you in your career to find your voice and to become who you are as a musician so many things you know i guess i just I could just pick a thing out of the hat, you know, um, but it's everything. Like everything I do comes comes from my teachers, and some of the teachers I have haven't played with or I haven't met. You know what I mean? Some of them studied people that I've never played with as well, and um, I think that for me to be you know, looked at as kind of a modern type of guy. I'm very, I'm actually very traditional and like lineage based, you know? And so, um, I think I'm going to answer the question a little bit. This, this might not even really answer the exact question, but I think it's almost more interesting, which is that I feel like what I try to do is, I try to take something that I learned from from one of my teachers, 
and I tried to apply it to a thing that they would never think of applying it to. Like, like I have some skill sets in production. I have some other kind of ear for something that's a modern tone. And I tried to take something that they told me and apply it to that. And then it sounds like this brand new thing, you know? So for example, my first my first big gig in New York was with Jerry Allen and um, rehearsed at her house. It was this little side room. She had a Steinway in this little side room, a book, a drum set. And it was me, Kenny Davis, I believe, and we'd be playing time. And then she would play like some five patterns over the time, you know, so it'd be like, Ding 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 you know, something like that. And then immediately, because I was so excited that I caught the pattern and could play the pattern, I would play the pattern over her playing the pattern. You know, and and I'd notice as soon as I started playing the pattern, she'd stop and play something against it and then I'd play the thing that she switched it to. And eventually she stopped and she was like, Look, you know, this is like um this is a, a conversation. So if I'm playing this five pattern and you're comprehending it, play something else against it. You know what I mean? Play, don't play the same pattern, or at least wait till I stop and respond and call in response or whatever. And so like something is is um I guess you I wouldn't say it's simple, but something is like understandable as that. I will take that and use it when I'm making a, a beat or making a production, you know, and I'm, I was just working on something this morning where, uh, I was, I took some percussion loops because I have a percussionist in my band. So I'm making some, some kind of odd time loops. And then once I got a loop going that I really dug, I started adding some like heavy kicks and snares that I would probably play. And so it sounded good to just put the kick in the snare right where the conga goes. But at the end of the day, it would be simple. And then once the crowd kind of got it, then they could get bored, you know? So what I did was I came up with a kick snare pattern that rubs against the percussion, you know, and does something else. You, you see what I'm saying? So totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, I could, I could probably, if I sat all day, I could probably list like, hundreds of things that I learned from cats. But I think the thing is that I'm not trying to do what they're, they didn't want me to do what they did. You know what I mean? Like when they would hear somebody that was copying them or doing what they were doing, they were disappointed. So another thing I learned was to, you know, take the wisdom, take the lesson, but then try to go and do something else with it because they already did it. You're not going to do it better than they did it. You know, so as a creator, every day you wake up, you get to create music. What's the best part? Uh, of wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I think there's a little. I like the magic the best, if that makes sense. Um, there's this little. There's this. You maybe it's just dopamine. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like maybe we don't have to get all pie in the sky about it. But there's this little feeling you get when you have a a strike of inspiration, you know, when you you might be walking down the street or you hear a song and then you go, oh, what if I did this? 
you know, and that little feeling. So there's two points. There's the point when you have that strike of inspiration, and then there's also the second moment where you see it come to fruition, see it come to life, you know. And I think that um, human beings are extremely creative in nature. Like, we all have these aha moments in whatever aspect of, you know, where we're thinking. But I'm extremely grateful that I'm in a place where I can be walking around, have a strike of inspiration, and then I also have a medium to go and work it out and the opportunity to see those thoughts through. You know what I mean? I think that that's like um, it can be taken for granted that, you know, you have time to do that, you know, and whether it's professional or not, or it's not really so much about professional as, as it is about just having the time and space because there are plenty of professionals who are swamped, who, who I'm one of them at times who get so swamped with the work of whatever they're dealing with, where creativity can be sucked out of the whole process where there might, there might not even be an opportunity for creativity. And so I've been very vigilant uh, maybe you could say, like, I violently fought for the ability or the lifestyle to where I can, like, be in a creative space regularly. And I, I think that's included, like, turning down a lot of situations that may have paid a lot of money or whatever because I prefer the time and the space to to be in a creative space, you know, and... uh like I said, I'm I'm trying not to get caught up on the treadmill. So that also equates to life. Like I'm just trying to trying to keep my life in a way where I can keep this recess professionalism. <laughs> Follow up to that. Everyone has a perception or an idea of you, your family, your friends, your fans. But ultimately, you have a perception of you. You live your life. Who do you think you are? Well, I think that changes. I think that changes regularly. I think that, like, when I'm in a good space, when I'm getting some exercise every day and I'm having the the time to do some creative work and stuff, I think I'm lucky. You know what I mean? I think I'm just uh, a person living in tune with with the work that he's supposed to be working on. You know what I mean? And um, but like, but like I'm saying, it's not always. That's not always how it feels. You know, sometimes I get out of whack with nature and with my nature i get out of sync and then i'm just feeling like crap you know what i mean like sometimes it's sometimes it can go to full extreme in the other way where it's like man i have no time to, to work on what i'm trying to work on i'm feeling like crap and i'm broke <laughs> yeah at least i could be rich you know <laughs> but you know, to be honest, like the, the dominant thought is, I am I'm very wealthy in my experience and with the opportunities that I have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I am, man. I'm just here, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to make the most of this little time that we got, you know. I dig it, man. This has been wonderful. Hey, thank you for opening up with with me and with Neon Jazz and the audience. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything as we move forward. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Seattle, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Mr. Overall for his time, music, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.